longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Poetry is the rhythmical creation of beauty in words, as said by Edgar Allan Poe. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and today the theme for our show is the gift of poetry. And I'm Zara Hossman. Express Yourself was produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. We are excited to announce that the Be The Star You Are has just been honored as a top nonprofit for the seventh consecutive year. Congratulations to all our volunteers and supporters because you are responsible for making BTSYA first class. In this segment, we'll be talking to Maria Wong, our book smart reporter, about her remarkable and unique relationship with poetry. Hi, Maria. Hi, Zara. Hi, Asia. Hello. Okay. So, um, Maria, this is the perfect segment for you because we all know that you're very literary. Um, so just to start off, what do you consider as poetry? Um, well, I think the term poetry in itself is so broad that it encompasses so many things. Um, I think usually we think of poetry as classical poems, something like Shakespeare, emotional ballads of love or sorrow. But I think we actually start listening to poems at such a young age with just nursery rhymes such as Humpty Dumpty. And I think that just also shows how poetry can be fun and lighthearted. It doesn't always have to be so emotional and so deep. And I think it's so cool how it can just range so much from whatever you want to express. And I think just poetry in general, going back to how it encompasses so many things, I think of music as poems, songs, the lyrics, those, that's poetry in itself. And they're really similar. I think they both can have so many different meanings. There's different genres for both. You use different rhyming patterns. You really um, have to think about sound in both of them. And I think both of them can evoke so um, such strong emotion in somebody else. And they can really relate to them on a personal level. But yeah, overall, I just think there's so many different types of poetry. And um, it can be written in so many different ways. I definitely agree, you know, especially with music, how you had just mentioned, it is a form of poetry. If you listen to your favorite song or a favorite artist of yours, you can definitely hear the rhythm that it has. And, you know, most of the time you can hear the rhyme of the words that they also have in their lyrics. So I definitely agree with what you said right there. And as the book smart reporter, you usually talk about certain novels. Do you think poems and novels are more similar or are they pretty different? Well, it's pretty hard to say. They definitely share both similarities and differences. 
Similarly, they're both trying to express something often. They want their message to be heard. This is how they're expressing themselves. Um, but at the same time, though their intentions and motives of sharing the poem or the novel might be the same, I think they're a lot more different because for novels, at least like the ones we read nowadays, there's usually a certain format, though they may range in free verse or just a regular book. I think poetry, there's so many more different patterns you can do. You can sort of, you can write things incorrectly um, for like an ironic purpose type thing, you know? Um, and just the fact that it can be free flowing or it can have a very like set rhyme pattern, like a sonnet. But overall, I think they're both really powerful, but I think with a poem, just with the way it's written and how it's some, it's often very vague and ambiguous, it <laughs> leads you to wanting to interpret it more and try to find the bigger meanings. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. And I think, um, you know, often in school, I find that a lot of what we read is, um, like prose and we don't read that much poetry, but in your experience, um, you know, how often do you read poetry? Is it emphasized in your school or, you know, is it a big part of your life? Um, yeah, it's definitely emphasized, um, at my school with my honors English course, we've been reading so much poetry and I am also a teacher's assistant to a freshman English teacher. So I went, um, so I listened to all of his poetry segment as all of the freshmen at my school do that. Um, but this year we, we always read a lot of Shakespeare, which has always been very interesting as he's regarded, you know, as one of the best writers of our time and mm -hmm. just the way he was able to portray so many like different meanings, so many different jokes all into these sort of sonnets. But this year in my English class, we've read, as I said before, a lot of poetry. We go through sort of all the literary eras of Europe. So we went through like romantic poetry, also American literature. So poets like Emily Dickinson, um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and Henry David Thoreau, to also um, war poetry, which sort of parallels how propaganda mm -hmm. can be poetry in its own way with people like Ernest Hemingway. But besides school, I also love to read free verse books. Um, I actually recommended one of these on the show, um, The Language We Have Inside, but another one I loved as a child was The Star Girl. That's really cool. Do you have any favorite poems? Yes, I do. One of them I actually wrote a literary analysis on this year. It's Emily Dickinson, Hope is a Feather. It's just a very, like, um, just upbeat poem. And I also, yeah, but also, like, another one I think that we've all read as children, um, Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends. Just all of those poems were all very fun as a child. Oh, yeah. okay. I was just about to ask the question. Did you read Shel Silverstein as much as I did when I was little? <laughs> yes, probably. I read it so much in school. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I remember that was like, yeah, I feel like that's usually people's like first exposure. Well, you know, besides like Humpty Dumpty and stuff, I feel like mm -hmm. Shel Silverstein is also ranks up there with like, you know, children's like first exposure, exposure to poetry. And also, yeah. um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that Hope is a Thing with Feathers poem because... Um, I remember in like sixth grade, we had to read a book that was like, um, it was called Feathers and it was by an author named Jacqueline Woodson. And she, uh, she like named the book Feathers because she got inspiration from that, um, line, hope oh. is a thing with feathers. So I think it's really cool. interesting how, you know, yeah. And like you were talking about, you know, poetry and prose are obviously very different, but they're also similar in a lot of ways. And I think it's interesting how they can, um, influence each other as well. But then, um, on a more like you know, um, structural note, do you think that poetry always has to rhyme? 
No, I don't. No, I don't think so. I think um, it's great when a poem can rhyme just because like with meter and other things, it can sound very nice. But I think, as I said before, like there's so many different types of poems and I really love writing free, like free verse poems myself. So definitely, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. I think, you know, I used to always think that, oh, like, you know, why wouldn't you choose to rhyme when you can rhyme? It just sounds so much better. But, you know, now I've read a lot of poems that it kind of sometimes rhyming, I think, disrupts the flow of a poem, too, depending on like what kind of poem it is. Like you were saying, like free verse. If you tried to rhyme free verse too much, it might be kind of annoying almost. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's also just like shows sort of the the beauty of poetry that it doesn't, it's not confined to anything. It can be anything that you want it to be and what you want to express. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. there is actually a lot of nice um, sounding poetry that doesn't have to rhyme. Actually, I have one. It's from Lao Tzu. It's what is soft is strong. And it says water is fluid, soft and yielding, but water will wear away a rock, which is rigged and cannot yield. As a rule, whatever is fluid, soft and yielding will overcome whatever is rigged and rigid and hard what is soft is strong. So he wrote this poem, but it it doesn't rhyme at all, but it's so pretty. And the meaning behind it is so cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, What about you, Maria? Do you think, do you prefer poems that rhyme or do you like it one that's more just free verse? Um, Personally, I like free verse poems. I mean, I don't really have a preference. I don't think Mm -hmm. it depends like there's so many more things I feel like than just rhyming with it, just like the sound devices it's used and like the meaning that it's trying to um, portray. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So what kind of, is there um, anything you look for in a poem with like regards to like meaning, like does it always have to have a meaning? Does it have to be the same meaning for everyone or can it be kind of different for everyone? Oh, it can definitely be different. And I don't think that every poem has to be a meaning. Some are just plain fun and sort of just no. lighthearted you if know you look at shells his yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think those have any meaning at all <laughs> no exactly I don't think um always like the poet's trying to have a meaning but mm-hmm. people will always interpret meanings out of it I think yeah and I think it's really cool how you know you have, you said earlier how people with poetry they'll try and find an extended meaning or something more than what the author meant to convey which is really awesome about poetry that we can take it and expect people to come up with their own conclusion about it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think that makes it really fun. Did you, uh, okay, so technically we really don't have an English, I've never really taken an English class in high school or anything like that that really focused on poetry, um, which was strange. I, I always wondered, you know, why don't we ever focus on anything like that. I mean, we do read Romeo and Juliet from Shakespeare in class, yeah. and that was in my, my literature class. I know that. But we never really actually focused on poetry. Have you had a class that really focused on it at all? Not really. And that makes... I was actually talking to a lot of my friends about this recently. We all really wanted sort of a creative writing course or something mm-hmm. that examines literary works that aren't necessarily very scholarly, mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. like poems or creative writing. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, you could take classes that focus solely on poetry in college, but you never really got it in high school, which is really weird. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely, like, in my high school, too, there's not as much of an emphasis on poetry. I think part of it is also because people think that, you know, 
they try to think of like the real world. They think that in the real world, yeah. you won't read as much poetry in college. Maybe you won't read as much poetry, but then I also think about it and I, you know, I think it's kind of ignoring another half of, you know, the yeah. literary world. Um, so I think, you know, it's really important to incorporate poetry into the curriculum. Um, and I've also, my English teacher was telling me that with Common Core, there are a lot of things I love about Common Core. I know that sends shivers down some people's spines, but um, there are a lot of things I love about it. But one of the things I kind of hate about it is that there's a lot of emphasis on um, emphasizing, like, nonfiction writing. And that means that a lot of the poetry and a lot of Shakespeare is cut yeah. out of the curriculum now, which I think is kind of a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, no, especially because I think if they're trying to focus on real world, real world, they definitely want to increase our critical thinking skills. But I think mm-hmm. with critical thinking skills comes poetry. Yeah, I definitely yeah, agree. Definitely. I mean, um, you know, with poetry, it doesn't necessarily have to be all fun and games. But if you are taking some sort of English degree or anything that involves literature in college, you're going to have to take uh, something that involves poetry because that is part of the literary world is poetry. It's a huge part of it. So you're going to have to have some sort of experience. So, um, But thank you so much, Maria, for this awesome segment of Booksmart. It's always awesome having you on the show. and We love yeah, hearing you. what you have to say. Yeah, it's really fun hearing what you have to say about all these different books that you've read and um, really hearing about what's interesting to read next. So during the break, everyone, be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, descriptions, links, and more. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Zara Hosnane. Also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on poetry with four-time National Poetry Slam winner Taylor Molly. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. 
And I'm Zara Hosnan. In this segment, we'll be continuing our theme with our theme of poetry. Joining us today is Taylor Molly, a world-renowned spoken word poet. Taylor is one of the most well-known poets to have emerged from the Poetry Slam movement and one of the original poets to appear on the HBO series Deaf Poetry Jam. A four-time National Poetry Slam champion, he's the author of three collections of poetry and a book of essays entitled What Teachers Make in praise of the greatest job in the world. In addition, in April of 2012, Molly donated 12 inches of his hair to the American Cancer Society after one of his poems inspired a thousand people to become teachers. Hi, Taylor. It's nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. So I think it's um, awesome what spoken word poetry has done. Um, I think it's awesome how it's picked up steam with um, young people and minorities in recent years, and I think it's awesome how it creates um, a space for poetry in the modern world as well and infuses poetry with new flavors. Um, and I think it takes guts to devote your life to competing in and teaching the world about poetry and poetry slams. Um, and you've been doing both of those things for 20 years now, and you've been doing them well. Um, but you say that you hate slam poetry. Why is that? Well, um, if I say, if, what I may have meant... <laughs> and I may have said I hate slam poetry. What I may have meant is that uh, the guy who invented the poetry slam is a Chicago construction worker named Mark Smith. Mm. And uh, he says that slam is a noun. People go to a bar or a cafe mm. to, be, to sit and listen to poetry in a format that's called a poetry slam. And in, at least in the beginning... Um, there was no, there was no uh, rules about what kind of poetry. You were allowed to bring whatever kind of poem you wanted to a poetry yeah. slam. He, he was very insistent that slam was a noun. It was not an adjective. So mm. I, I hate the term slam poetry because it implies that there's a different kind of poetry that you have to, that you have to present at a slam. I'm more interested yeah. in the distinction between, say, spoken word and poetry. And I define mm. spoken word as poetry written with the specific intent that the first time it will ever be experienced, it will be heard before being read. I think a lot of poets, all poets, all poets say they write for the human voice. And they say, oh, yeah, oh, it's very important for me to speak my work out loud as I write. But when you say, yes, but are you writing your poetry to be heard first? And, and mm. they go, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm writing my poetry to be read out loud off the page. So that, there's a very interesting mm. distinction. But I hate the term slam poetry. Uh, that said, finally, I haven't been to a slam uh, at the national level in, in many years. And somebody who has recently told me that, I, that I'm wrong, that there is now such a thing as slam poetry and that you cannot expect to win a poetry slam unless you are writing and performing the right type of slam poetry. So I might hate slam poetry after all. We don't <laughs> Yeah, I always thought it was interesting because I always kind of made that distinction too um, because to, to me, slam poetry always had that competitive side of it too mm -hmm. where, you know, you get up in teams and people compete and stuff, which I don't really associate with like traditional poetry as much. 
Um, Let's see, that's, so a, that's a slam. What you're describing is a slam where you bring poems together and uh, you have, pick five randomly selected racist, drunk, homophobic idiots to serve <laughs> as judges. And you get up and you do your poetry the best you can. And these idiots score you on, oh, a, on a score from zero, which is the worst poem ever written and horribly performed, to a 10, which is ostensibly a, a perfectly written poem yeah. performed perfectly. Now, if you do that a lot and you rehearse with your team, you'll, you'll pick up some things that are going to make it, your poem score higher. And you're going to say, Beauregard, you're the greatest writer on the team. But you've got to use the mic and you've got mm-hmm. to you've got to adjust the mic yeah. for height and you can't keep going over time. So you spend a lot of time competing in poetry slams. You will pick up tips for how to get a higher score. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It is a competitive art form. But I'm saying maybe it's gone further and now it's not yeah. just a now there's a type of poem. If yeah. you ever saw 21 Jump Street where uh, what is it, Jonah, Jonah Hill's character is like, poetry slam, slam poetry. <laughs> this is what we do. I mean, there's, it's so easy to mock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, Which almost. Unfortunate. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's interesting to hear with what goes on with slam poetry. I mean, you get the illusion that uh, everybody gathers to voice out the poetry that they've written and use it as an art form and then it's turned into something that is all about paying attention to the other little details that don't even involve poetry to get a bigger score and then you have these people in the judging area who are judging you on these meticulous things and they're they're barely focusing on what you've written well, I don't know that I agree with that, but I will say this. You're, you're supposed to, the, the ju- all the judges at a slam are told to reserve 50% of their score mm-hmm. for the literary merit and 50% yeah. of their score for the performance. That said, it never breaks down that way. Nine times <laughs> out of ten, a brilliantly performed mediocre poem will beat out the mediocre performance of a mm-hmm. brilliant well, yeah, because it's all in your voice. and It's yeah. all in your voice, and it is a performance, and the people in the audience might be getting drunker as the evening goes on, and you have to make <laughs> it easy for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting how this comes about. You know, you're using instead of just your words that you've written from your mind or your heart, uh, you're also using your voice and your emotions, which is really cool how you can also incorporate that. Um, you know, oral art and written art and put that together and have something created that's insanely beautiful. But, um, you know, there are things that people write about, you know, romance and and sadness and and pain and there's some negative things that people do write about. Do you think that uh, there's anything that's too painful to write about? Um, No. No, because... For me, uh, writing about it makes writing is part of the healing process for me. Mm-hmm. The 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 sort of more sardonic question to ask is, uh, okay, I'm glad you wrote that poem to make yourself feel better about what happened, what you had to go through. Yeah, but mm-hmm. just because it made you feel better doesn't mean that it's a great poem. And yeah. <laughs> so you get you get these people getting up and bearing their souls 
and um, and just and and putting it out all That's out changed. there on the line and and uh, telling these beautiful stories of survival. But you know, if there's a judge who says, "I'm sorry, but uh, I just didn't find the poetry that compelling," yeah. the story of your tragedy, your your tragic, you know, the story of your tragic loss. Uh, was not beautiful enough to me. That's a six point one, and the audience oh, okay. boos. The audience always boos. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> that is their right. It is the audience's yeah. right to to boo every score and make the poets believe that they what what the, the what they their performance was was perfect and should have received a ten. Mm-hmm. But you know what? This is not kindergarten, and if everybody received a ten, it would participation everyone, points. Everyone would tie. <laughs> Everyone would tie, and yeah. no, everybody would stop going. It's mm-hmm. it's part of the genius of the slam that Mark Smith knew to assign numbers yeah. uh, to to poetry to make poetry competitive. But to go back to your original question, I don't think there's anything too painful to write about. I think you should feel free to write about anything. Um, I'm a teacher right now, and it's uh, I, I'm teaching poetry, um, but a lot of teachers are mandatory reporters. So if a student uh, writes about something extremely painful that happened to them, and we suspect that there has been um, criminal negligence or abuse involved, you know, uh, certain teachers are mandatory reporters. You have to go to the authorities and say, yeah. hey, listen, you know. So and so wrote this poem, and it sounds like she was touched inappropriately by someone um, when she was very young. So I'm not saying there's nothing you there things that are too painful to write about. No, no, you write about whatever you want, and um, and and there will be there may be consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, and I think it's interesting that you say that too, because as a teen talking to other teens, you know, I think teens know that poetry is not only therapeutic, but it's also something that, um, you know, allows you to explore yourself and explore the world more. But often you have that fear of, you know, being, maybe you sound too vulnerable. Maybe you need to sound more like Shakespeare. Maybe you need to sound more like a tortured romantic poet. Maybe you sound too much like a tortured romantic yeah. poet. Um, you know, like how far do, should my metaphor go? How far should it not go? Stuff like that. And so I think a lot of times, you know, I know a lot of teenagers that just write for themselves, but they're afraid to, um, you know, put their work out there and let other people read it because they're afraid of kind of making themselves vulnerable. But from your perspective as a teacher, because, you know, you go around the country doing all these workshops for teens, what's the biggest danger that teenage writers encounter in their writing? Thinking that their poetry has to be something. You you touched on it with what you just said. Um, you know, Keats said, beauty is truth and truth is beauty and that is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. So when I, mm-hmm. you know, the, poetry is certainly absolutely beautiful and truthful writing. So, but it's easier, you, you tell a teenager to write something beautiful, the danger is that they're going to describe a beautiful Hallmark card, right? Mm-hmm. I say, write, write me the most beautiful sentence you can. The danger is that a teenager will say, the golden sun wafted through the breeze. And I just... You know, what is the standard for that beauty? Right. I I vomited a little bit in my mouth just as I said those words. (laughs) So... Uh, the, my biggest tip for for teens is to um, for stop thinking that poetry has to 
be anything. Forget mm-hmm. beauty. Forget beauty on the first draft and go for simple, honest uh, truth. Tell, write me the truest thing you have ever written. Mm-hmm. And then we will see whether that truth carries with it its own beauty just inherently. But uh, sometimes the truest, simplest thing you can commit to paper is, is a beautiful poem that needs, uh, need not be touched. Mm-hmm. Other times, okay, now we're going to break it up. Now we're going to put this into lines. And now we're going to find the, a better word for here. And now we're going uh, to decide you've been saying too much. You know, poetry is about um, economy and saying a lot with a little. That's funny for me, mm-hmm. somebody like me to say that because I'm a, I'm a very talky, narrative, spoken yeah. word poet. But, <laughs> but I still, I, I, I try to say as much as I can with the, with the fewest number of words, which means picking the right ones. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but uh, we're lucky that we get to have you on for two segments. So we're really excited to have you on for the next one. If you guys want to check out more of his work and everything that he's done and is doing, visit his website at www.taylormolly.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-A-L-I.com. Also be sure to support our show in these amazing segments by giving a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more info on how to do this, go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is www.bethestarur.org. Also remember to visit our new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. When we come back from break, we'll be back with Taylor Molly, so don't go anywhere. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of poetry. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Zara Hassanin. Taylor Molly, born in New York City in 1965, is the former president of Poetry Slam Inc., the nonprofit organization that oversees all poetry slams in North America. And he makes his living entirely as a spoken word and voiceover artist these days, traveling around the country performing and teaching workshops, as well as doing occasional commercial voiceover work. Um, So Taylor, just to continue from last segment, um, you were talking about how it's best to say, um, it's best for teens to kind of focus on writing the truth first before they get too involved in the beauty, because, you know, often once you write the truth, you find beauty in the truth. Um, So can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I can do so with, um, there's a poem by by Robert Pinsky called Samurai Song, and I, I don't have it in front of me, so it'll, when I had no roof, I made audacity my roof. When I had no shelter, I made my tongue my shelter. When I had no tongue, I, I, I thought. When I had no thoughts, I, bre- I breathed. And it's about, it's mm. about uh, what you've had to do in order to survive. And so mm. um, I, gave, I gave this, uh, this assignment to my, to my class that I'm, that I'm teaching at a school on the west side of Manhattan, um, for the last four weeks, and I said, "Here's Robert Pinsky's poem. Let's let's write a poem like that. What 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 are the sacrifices you have had to uh, make in order to survive? And uh, some of them some of them just barely scratched the surface. And it was like when I had no legs, I crawled. When I had no bicycle, I had to walk. And it's mm. not, it was everything was when I when I didn't have a I tried to do without A, whereas Robert Pinsky's poem was, you know, when I had no roof, I made audacity my roof. He's saying, and that's where the poetry comes from. That's where the imagination is. When I had no A, I was forced to turn something else into my A. And so I I would write on this one kid's paper, you're you're just, you're not completely here. You're not really trying that hard. And, um, uh, and he said, "Well, what do you mean?" And I picked up the next poem in the in the in the stack, and it said, um, "When I had no father, every man I looked at had blue eyes." And and the guy just ha- his eyes got huge, you know. And it said, yeah. "When I, um, you know, when I had no when I had no lover, I made a religion out of women." Uh, and and he and and there was another line that said. Um, you know, when I had no love, I made pills my religion. You know, and, mm. and he's like, oh, oh, snap. I, I see, Mr. <laughs> Molly. I see. Yeah. I didn't realize I didn't realize that I could really talk about my, I didn't know you really wanted me to tell the truth. I thought you just wanted me to, you know, tell mm. some pre- pretty words that sound nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to imitate the style instead of kind of making your own piece of art. Right. And I do agree with Sarah how we were talking earlier about how, you know, what you're saying there, that this student was afraid that he couldn't tell the truth, which is exactly what we do with poetry. You know, we're telling the truth just in a different way to where it's just not as blunt. It's um, And I love what we can do with our words because 
we can tell a story in a way that we mean it, but people may not realize what we are talking about and they'll come up with their own story, which is which yeah. is interesting to see how that, people can make their own ending. I, I'd like to give you one more example. Um, there's a poem by Ted Couser. He was mm-hmm. the U.S. Poet Laureate, uh, maybe five or five or six years ago, Couser, mm. K-O-O-S-E-R, poet from Nebraska, and he has this poem mm. called Abandoned Farmhouse, and it goes something like this. Again, I'm just paraphrasing. He was a big man, say the size of his shoes on a pile of broken dishes uh, by the front door. A tall man, too, says the size of the raincoat uh, and the size of the bed in the upstairs room. A woman lived with him, say the jars of preserves and the lilac-covered wall, wallpaper. They had a child, say the toys in the yard. It was cold here, say rags in the window. It was lonely here, says the long country road. But he was not a man for farming, say the stones in the field. Something went terribly wrong, says the house left in haste. And the child, its toys are strewn across the yard, like branches after a storm, a tractor with a broken plow, a head without a doll, something went wrong, they say. And it's a great poem to start wow. with because it's, it's asking mm-hmm. who's doing the talking. It's just objects. And so this mm-hmm. forces my yeah. students to, and, and the poem, the, the assignment that I give them, and, and you can do this, and I'll, I'll give this to all of the people on your radio show, write a poem about, imagine you are, you are a police detective who has entered your room, uh, the, the room you sleep in every night. What, what do the objects in your room say about you, you know? She likes Justin Bieber, uh, <laughs> says the poster on the wall. Yeah. Know, she was a runner. She, she is a runner, say the shoes, the muddy shoes in the corner. And mm-hmm. this one kid on the, on the second day of class, he said, I said, okay, hand me your poems. And he said, Mr. Molly, I said something in my poem that I, I'm not to say. And I said, well, um, you know, my assistant's going to, uh, my assistant, uh, there's a guy who's who's helping me. He's an AP 11th grade English teacher at the mm-hmm. school f- for the rest of the year. I'm just the visiting mm-hmm. artist in for f- for four weeks, you know. But he's sitting in mm-hmm. on the class, and he knows how to make copies at the school, and he knows how to email all the other teachers, and he knows how to talk to the school counselor if if yeah. we need to do that. So I give him all the poems, and of course he chooses this kid's poem. And, and the kid says, oh, really? I have to read this in front of the class? The, the, the line he was afraid about was this. He is not the boy his parents think he is, says the half-drunk bottle of whiskey in the back of his closet. <laughs> and I asked the class, after he had read the poem, I said, what's, the, what's your favorite detail? And they all said, the half-drunk bottle of whiskey. And so with... I think with with teens it is especially true, but with everyone it is true that what we are most afraid to write about is what people most need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that really struck me about you know the line that you just said from that teenager's poem, and also the um, lines that you said from abandoned farmhouse, is that all of the kind of similes and metaphors and all all that you know, figurative language they use isn't necessarily to like hide behind. It's more to just like expose the truth. Whereas I think a lot of times, even I do this a lot, I kind of, you know, use adjectives in my poetry a lot or like, 
you know, metaphors and stuff. And it often seems like it's kind of just to hide the truth instead of to really expose it. Cause I don't know any way to tell the real truth. Um, you need to fall in love with the noun. <laughs> fall yeah, in love well, with nouns. Fill your writing with objects, with concrete objects. Mm. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you're, your teenage theories about the world are not valid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you write about the headless doll or the postcards you found in the back of your mother's closet or the diary you found uh, that you, the diary that when, when you were a kid that you still have, it, these objects are a, a better invitation to to you to, to then tell us your truths. We, we mm. enter other people's um, truths through the objects that they can describe surrounding them. That's, that's my best advice. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And also just, um, you know, kind of in the spirit of spoken word poetry, um, I've actually heard your um, poem, What Teachers Make, um, performed because I'm um, involved in speech and debate at school. And I've heard two different speeches, two different people um, use your poem in their speech, and my fifth grade teacher read it to us as well. Um, but I noticed that, you know, there's one person used your poem really effectively. They kind of gave their own twist to it. Um, but the other person kind of just co- like copied the way that you did it. So um, do you think that reading and performing poetry out loud for an audience kind of require a different skill set than writing the poem? And um, do you have any tips for, like, performing a poem um, to make it effective? Well, to answer your first question, absolutely, absolutely. The skill set involved in presenting a poem out loud are not the same as, as writing it. Um, once you've written a beautiful poem, the difference between a spoken word poet and an academic poet, an academic poet thinks, I have spent a year writing this beautiful poem. Uh, my work is done. How I read it doesn't even really matter. Oh, oh no, it does matter. So, uh, mm. but as for the second part of your question, tips for making a poem come come alive is are louder, slower, clearer. When you mm. are speaking in the appropriate voice for performing out loud, and you guys may know this because you are hosts of a of a radio show, mm-hmm. but it is almost impossible to speak too slowly, too clearly. And depending on the amplification that you have, too loudly. The world mm. is starved for a little less speed, a lot more clarity, and a lot more volume. So your job as a performer of poetry is to be as loud, slow, and clear as you can and still sound normal, which when you are doing it right, you feel like an absolute idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a student once who read a poem for me and said, on the, walls of my, uh, on the walls of my room, there is a map of Vietnam. And I said, Bobby, remember what I wanted you to do? Loud, slow, clear. Oh, sorry, Mr. Molly. Here we go. Take two. On the walls of my room, there is a map of Vietnam. I said, Bobby, that was exactly the same. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mr. Molly. I didn't know you actually wanted me to do what you said. Okay. Here we go. Take three. Take three. Watch out. Cover your ears. Here we go. Watch out. Here we go. On the walls of my room, there is a map of Vietnam. I go, Bobby, come on. And we work with him, and I make him describe things in the room. Finally, he goes like this. On the walls of my room, there is a map of 
oh my God. And he sat back down and I said, why did you stop? And he said, didn't I sound like an idiot? And I said to the class, raise your hand if you think Bobby sounded like an idiot. And no one except for Bobby's best friend raised his hand. Because the truth is, there's only one and a half people who think you sound like an idiot when you're doing it right. You and the half a person who pretends to be your best friend. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's definitely true. I think people are almost kind of afraid to speak, you know, speak like they know what they're talking about, speak with conviction. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think... It's so easy to just kind of speed through everything and, um, you know, instead of actually kind of articulating yourself nicely. Um, but can you tell us what you're working on right now? I have, my new collection is called Late Father. I'm 51 years old and I just had a baby a year and a half ago. So at, oh, right before I turned 50, I had my first child with my wife. And it's wonderful. It's breaking me wide open. Uh, I... I spend daddy daddy time starts at uh, six anytime after six thirty in the morning. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I have a great deal since since he's still um, still nursing after a year and a half, which is which is really good, and he's getting all of the benefits of of breastfeeding. Um, anything that happens before six thirty, my wife can take care of. She does it, and she says, "Look, it's n- if, if if he has a tough night, it we need one of us at least to be well rested when the morning comes." So, mm-hmm. my job, I my daddy time starts at six thirty in the morning. So, um, I'm writing a lot of poems about him, and my new collection, which uh, is not uh, has not been agreed to be published by anybody yet, it's called Late Father. It's about um, It's about me becoming a father uh, relatively late in life, but it's also about my own late father. Uh, And of course, lots of poems about teaching as well. But I'm really getting into, um, you know, I haven't had a real, a real teaching job. I haven't, I haven't uh, gotten health insurance through my employer for 16 years. I said goodbye to my sixth grade homeroom uh, class in June of 2000. So oh, wow. it's been 16 wow. years since I've uh, since I've since I've had a real a real job. I've just been a touring poet since then. But this this residency that I've been having on this school on the West Side, um, I've I've seen the same students for four weeks, and that's been it's been great. And I I'm exhausted at the end of every day. I mean that's good though. You know you're you're working good, hard. Yeah, right? you're working hard and you're making a difference and touching these people, this, these kids' lives. You know, showing them that it's okay to be creative. Thank you. That's it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And what you're doing is great. I hope you keep it up. And congratulations on your newborn kid. And I hope you guys have a wonderful future with that. So if you guys want to check out Taylor's website, you guys can go to taylormolly.com that's t-a-y-l-o-r-m-a-l-i.com during the break be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org which stands for the be the sorry war 501c3 literacy and positive media charity i'm asia gonzalez and i'm zara hossman don't forget to check out our newly refurbished website we think you'll love it when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation. Stay with us for more empowerment and, and entertainment on the topic of poetry. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here again at Voice America Kids. I'm Asia, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of poetry. And I'm Zara. For this last segment, Asia and I will discuss our love of poetry together. Um, So, Asia, you know, I really love poetry. um, And I think what kind of got me started on writing poetry and really loving poetry, I think it was um, the first thing that really attracted me, as ashamed as I am to say it, is that poetry was much shorter than... um, you know, prose, I kind of, you know, my attention span isn't that big, so poetry yeah. um, helped me with that, but, um, you know, I think of, when I think of poetry, I think of my favorite poem ever, um, you probably read it, you know, you read it in high school a lot, it's called, um, well, it has two names, it's called Harlem by Langston Hughes, but it's also called um, A Dream Deferred. Um, yes, I think I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, you know, I think you read it in, like, your junior year or something. But, um, and, yeah, it's by Langston Hughes, and it just, he talks about, you know, putting off your dreams and what that means. And he has all these really effective metaphors. Um, in fact, you know, we were talking um, earlier with Maria about um, how that Emily Dickinson poem um, was the, like, inspiration for the name of a novel by Jacqueline Woodson. Well, this... Um, you know, Langston Hughes poem was the inspiration for a Broadway play, A Raisin in the Sun, because it has a um, line that's, you know, what happens to a raisin in the sun? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Um, so, you know, that's one of my favorite poems. But what about you? Do you have any um, favorite poets or poems? And what's kind of your relationship with poetry? Uh, poetry, I never really... Um got into it as much as I know I should have because it is beautiful. Uh, the art of it is just wonderful. I did um, get into just writing, and I guess you could probably consider it to be poetry. I just wrote what came to mind, uh, just what I was yeah. feeling, what I saw. Um, so I guess that could be considered poetry. And, you know, like as every other child, my very first um, exposure to poetry was Shel Silverstein and what I love, yeah. even though he is a childhood uh, memory, he is a poet meant for children. Um, the simplicity and just the wonderful Im- imagery and figurative language that is in his poetry is what made me fall in love with what he writes. And um, it's it was wonderful because that kind of got me into art and um, wanting to draw and paint 
and write as well. Because um, as a kid, I, I think I had like three, two or three books of Shel Silverstein. There was Where the Sidewalk Ends, and then there was another one that he had written. I forgot what the title of it was. But it was another collection of all his poems. And my mom actually uh, wrote poems, too, and they were very creative and wonderfully written with just, they were full of humor and um, imagery, and that just got me into to stuff like that. But I never actually read poetry as much as I knew I should have. But um, I did write, and I am still writing. I bought a journal just for it, just to write whatever came Ooh, to mind. nice. Yeah, and it's a very pretty journal, so I carry it around with me everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I usually have a sketchbook or a journal with me wherever I'm going. Um, but... I never really had the relationship with poetry as you do, but I still do appreciate it and appreciate, you know, the beauty of language that people take uh, advantage of. And it's really interesting to see what, you know, we as human beings can create with language and imagery and put that all together and create something so pretty. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think that you know, the Shelf Silverstein kind of poetry, it definitely has a place in this world. And I think oh, yeah. it's almost, it's like kind of snobby to say that, you know, it's just, oh, you know, it's just kids' poetry. It doesn't really mm-hmm. mean anything. In fact, I remember, you know, yeah, it might be like funny, but what's wrong with funny, you know? And it was uh, something that had exposed us, you know, like the very first. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's that what gets you hooked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember um, I was never that into Shelf Silverstein as a kid, but um, I was really into Roll Doll. And he had this book called Revolting Rhymes. And I remember there was this one poem um, about this kid whose, like, relative sends him an anteater. And this kid lives in America. Um, and basically, Roald Dahl's making fun of the fact that Americans say ant instead of aunt. So when this anteater is, like, shipped to this kid, he starts, like, he hears the kid say, oh, like, I love my aunt and stuff because he lives with his, I love my aunt because he, like, lives with his aunt. And then yeah. the, in the end, the anteater, like, ends up eating the, like, kid's aunt. Um, yeah, I know. So, you know, you'd think that, like, all these, like, kids' poems are just kind of, like, lighthearted and stupid and, like, they're only for, and, like, you know. They're clever. Yeah, they're clever and they even have a little bit of a dark side as well, I think. I know, Um, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Um, in terms of, I guess, what you would call, like, more sophisticated poetry, although I don't know what sophisticated poetry really means, but, um, (laughs) I really always liked, um, anything from the Harlem Renaissance, I think it's really cool because, um, you know, I feel like people say the Harlem Renaissance, but, you know, black people were probably writing these kinds of poems for a really long time. It's just that, you know, eventually people realized that their talent was so great. Um, But um, it just really strikes me because, like, even though it is usually just about, you know, the struggle of black people, I think it's really easy to relate to for anyone. Um, But, yeah, so just going more into, like, um, the differences between, like, prose and poetry, is there anything that you like better about prose or anything that you like better about poetry that you kind of wish that you could incorporate into either of those two genres? Well, with poetry, it's really interesting because poetry is more decorated. It's more creative. You know, you have a lot more imagery and figurative language and metaphors. And um, with prose, it's kind of just a big bam, here it is. You know, very straightforward, strict structures with sentences, just very um, idea focused. It's not really very pretty like poetry is. Um, But it kind of makes me go back to the 
um, to Lao Tzu, where he writes poetry, kind of, but it's not as pretty as you would think it would be. Um, there, it's actually very uh, moral-centered and very thought-provoking. It gives us great advice for like, the little things in life, and it's not actually very pretty. He actually wrote one. I'm going to give you another example. I really like him because yeah. what he talks about is really interesting. He says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You know, it's not very pretty, but it's very um, very thought-provoking. And it makes you think about, you know, oh, what can I do to make my life better in this way? So that's what I really like about him. You know, it's very um, straightforward with what he writes about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's not as pretty as, you know, Maya Angelou or um, Shakespeare or anything like that. So, Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, because um, we don't really get exposed as much to, like, Eastern poetry in school, you mm-hmm. know. I, I know a little bit of, like, Eastern poetry just because, like, my parents go to, like... Um, a lot of like Urdu and Persian poetry, like readings and stuff. I know I'm exposed to a lot of that kind of stuff, but I know, and you know, that when they tell me, when they like translate it into English for me, I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. Like I wish that other people could be exposed to this. So I think it's also kind of um, strange how we don't, um, we only focus on like Western poetry in school. Um, Also, I think it's um, just, yeah. But um, yeah, I just think, you know, poetry, as we were talking with like Taylor in the last segment, it's always evolving and stuff. And I think it always has a place in society. So, you know, I think that's where its beauty lies. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, unfortunately, we have no time for this uh, segment left, but I always love having our little conversations at the end of the show because it allows us to get our ideas out and our feelings about the entire show. So thank you so much for this. Uh, Our newsletter was just published, so please check out our Stand for Literacy uh, by visiting www.btsya.org and clicking on June Newsletter. Sadly, we have no more time again, but thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Starry War, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially Engineer Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Zara Hassanein. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to www.btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be poetic, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself